But when I sat down to write Lead Me Astray, I was between ghostwriting clients and I was feeling a little down about writing. And my uh, 14-year-old at the time encouraged me to just write for leisure. So the idea for this story came about just from a space of if I could write a book just for myself and I could go as extreme as I want to go, where would I take the story? And all of the elements just start falling in place as I kind of use that as my baseline, you know, the point from which I wanted to work. And it really was successful to kind of push the envelope in a lot of ways and do some unconventional things with the storytelling. That was Sandy Warner, and they have a new novel called Lead Me Astray. Here is the official description. When Ori dies, only two people can save her soul, a seductive empath who sees her ghost and a hot werewolf investigating her death. But will she accept the desire swirling between the three of them? This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Sandy Warner, author of LGBTQIA+, loves studying astrology, trying her hand in gardening and painting. Her novel debuted strongly on Wattpad with 276,000 reads. We talk about this and the uniqueness about having her novel on Wattpad. An interesting idea for a book, Lead Me Astray. Uh, it's on Wattpad and it's done very well. So first of all, What's that like to have that kind of, that kind of, those, all those eyeballs <laughs> essentially reading your story? Oh, it is a lot of fun. Um, I gravitated toward Wattpad because it has a very strong community of readers. It's very um, welcoming. It's such a welcoming space. And initially when I started posting my stories on Wattpad, um, you don't really have that feeling of it being just so many eyeballs because you're so connected to your readers. It's a platform that allows them to comment on each chapter. They can highlight specific sections of the story that they like. So it generates a feeling of maybe hanging out with your best friends and they're telling you feedback on your book, which most writers can, cannot make their friends read their books to save their lives. Right. So it's actually been a wonderful and uh, really fun experience. It's not as nerve wracking as it might seem. More with Sandy Warner in just a moment. Well, that's really amazing uh, for people to comment. Based on some of those comments, did you go back and rewrite anything? I sure did. In fact, that's one of the things that I talk about a lot when I'm talking about what I like about sharing my stories on the platform. Um, I had an original idea for Leave Me Astray. I don't want to give away any spoilers because it's such a, a fun story to read and to not have the spoilers. But um, I did have this idea for the ending of the book that was definitely shifted by the reader's enjoyment of a specific character. And so I was heavily influenced by the comments. Um, I also did, in fact, go and change some aspects of uh, different chapters. If, uh, if a reader gave feedback that they wanted to see something or an element they wanted to see that played up a bit more. Um, I did that, but I do have a funny story about it because um, when I initially started sharing the book, I was really spare on details. I like to kind of zone right in on the story and I don't do a lot of scene setting. And readers commented about that for a while. And so out of spite one day, I just go, I'm just going to give the most over-the-top description I possibly can. And uh, sometimes going too far works just fine. That particular passage that I put in there ended up getting so much um, love from the readers. And I, 
I did it actually out of a sense of, let me show you guys how over the top I can be. So it's definitely also a learning space so that you can kind of get a feeling for maybe, it, you know, the rules of writing might say one thing, but today's market and today's readers might desire something different. So I'm always really open to suggestions from my readers. That's pretty revolutionary when you think about it. Very yeah. rarely that does, does that happen. And it hasn't happened since people started writing anything where they get instant feedback on a chapter. Right. It's really amazing. And um, and the fact that you're open enough to make changes based on their feedback, that really does make it more of a community. And uh, that's really amazing. I wasn't aware of that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a very fun feature of the platform. I love it. So let's talk about the story. Uh, basically, this is uh, this woman, Ari, she passes away and then only, mm -hmm. only two people can save her soul. A mm -hmm. seductive empath, I'm reading their description here, who sees her ghost and a hot werewolf investigating her death. <laughs> but will she accept a desire swirling between the three of them? How did you come up with this story? Um, that's a fun one. I had the opportunity previously, I worked as a ghostwriter. So I've done a lot of work with different publishing companies, different authors uh, that um, catered specifically to the market, uh, especially around the mid 2010s and in, in that duration of time. And I focused a lot on what sold, what types of stories were marketable, especially in the pop fiction, kind of that fast paced, fast reads uh, arena. But when I sat down to write Lead Me Astray, I was between ghostwriting clients and I was feeling a little down about writing. And my 14-year-old uh, at the time encouraged me to just write for leisure. So the idea for this story came about just from a space of if I could write a book just for myself and I could go as extreme as I want to go, where would I take the story? And all of the elements just start falling in place as I kind of use that as my baseline, you know, the point from which I wanted to work. And it really was successful to kind of push the envelope in a lot of ways and do some unconventional things with the storytelling. So talk about the characters and, and coming up with them. Coming up with those characters was probably the <laughs> most fun that I've had in a while. Um, Ari Edison uh, she is the daughter of a Hollywood movie director. That part is not really specifically integral to the story, but it certainly showcases her personality. Someone who's kind of grown up in a privileged environment, uh, probably had uh, all of the finer things in life and finds herself in a dire situation um, in New Orleans, in this hidden realm of New Orleans that is called Overlay City. Um, she is someone who considers herself a role model. She basically helps to raise her younger sister and she likes to follow and play by the rules. So I think the most interesting thing about her character is that when she does come to an untimely end, the main thing that she points out is this is ridiculous. How could this happen to me? I'm such a safe, boring person. Um, I had a lot of fun coming up with her. I modeled Ari's character off of lots of the strong, independent young black women that I knew personally. And it was really exciting to kind of bring her to life. Uh, a character who's very flawed. I like to write flawed characters, uh, but who is also very uh, relatable in that she's not perfect. 
But when it comes down to Ziravani and Miss, who are our other two uh, main characters and love interests in the story, Ziravani really came about because I wanted to craft someone who was very work focused, a bit of a workaholic. And I think I was reflecting on myself a little bit when I came up with him, because I can be the kind of person that is just so focused on whatever work task I'm doing that I miss a lot of important other details that are happening in life. And so I think it's really fun as readers dive into Ziravani's character to discover that, yes, he's very dogmatic. He's very much about getting the job done, but sometimes his hyper-focus can cause him to miss important details that are happening in other ways around him. Had a lot of fun with him. Uh, that character is, is really a vibrant introduction to what we could see of masculinity in the 21st century. So in other words, he has a very strong manly personality on paper. He's an alpha werewolf, which is kind of the definition of the macho man. But at the same time, he's someone who is family focused, someone who is tender, and who knows a lot about being uh, empathetic and using how he feels about the people that he cares about to galvanize him into the pr protective uh, roles that he typically plays throughout the rest of the story. Um, everyone's favorite, and I have to say my own personal favorite as well, is Miss our empath, our psychic empath. Uh, Miss is a character who is a non-binary um, uh, worker who basically does cam work and all types of really fun, refreshing, progressive type things. Uh, but I think that what makes people love Miss as a character so much is that they are someone who has gone through significant trauma and has to deal with a significant degree of, uh, I would say, cognitive dissonance and even some shame around not presenting in a gender conforming way. And I think that Lead Me Astray does a fantastic job, if I do say so myself, of showing us that journey of what it could look like, because we often and hear the maxim to love yourself. But I like to show with my characters how that can actually be done. And that it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but certainly that you can develop self-acceptance and recognize that your flaws and your strengths are two sides of the same beautiful coin. Well, that's a great way of putting it. I like, really like that. Thank you. And when you write, I mean, you have a family. So obviously you mentioned a 14-year-old. Uh, yes. So you're, you, there's I mean, I remember my daughter at 14. That was a handful. So how do you how do you write? I mean, you're also still ghostwriting, I take it, too. So it's been really interesting. I always tell people that my kids were uniquely designed for me. They really were. <laughs> <laughs> my kids are incredible. I have four children, by the way, wow. and they are uh, very much independent souls. They they they've been homeschooled for most of their life. So that's actually added on top of what, me working from home. Uh, but they are so independent and they recognize that when mommy's working, she's really working. Of course, like I said, uh, that's what I have in common with my character Zira Ravani is that when I am working, I'm so hyper-focused. So to be quite honest, I don't know that they could probably break through the, the veil of creativity that's going on when I'm in the office. But at the same time, one thing I can say about 
you know, when you have a family and you're a creator is that in many ways they become a part of your creative process. And so I do like to kind of snap out of work mode and immerse myself in what's going on within the house and within the household because my, my children are very instrumental in giving me ideas and helping me to break out of ruts if I'm stuck in a particular place. Also, Lead Me Astray was written and catered towards a Gen Z audience, but I am an elder millennial. And so I actually had to have a lot of help with some of the slang terminology, some of the uh, <laughs> mental processes of that particular generation. And so that's when it came in handy to have a whole gaggle of teenagers around me all the time. My conversation with Sandy Warner on Lead Me Astray continues in a moment. With all that, his do you have a, 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 a strict schedule or do you kind of write when you can uh, kind of thing, especially with the, the kids and all? Yeah. In the past, when I was doing predominantly ghostwriting work, I was I adhered to a pretty strict schedule um, working around deadlines in ghostwriting. You can be juggling multiple projects at one time. Uh, so I tended to have a very rigid 6 a.m. to like you know, 10 p.m. schedule every day with the break in between. But that wasn't really sustainable. And I did that while my kids were in their mid-teens. Now that they're older teens, I I guess it's just one of the aspects of life. I recognize they're not going to be around all the time. So my schedule has shifted dramatically. So now I kind of work when I have the time to or I make time to work at points where it's not going to interfere with hanging out with my family. And also, I have discovered that when it comes down, you know, you've got two types of creatives. You have the ones who can work regardless of whether they feel inspired or not. And then you have the ones who can only work when they feel the strike of inspiration. I like to see myself as someone who's kind of in between because I do have enough self-discipline to work even when I'm not in inspired mode. But at the same time, I recognize how important it is to the creative process to be able to tap into the energy of flow when it's at its strongest. So I do tend to follow my instincts a bit more now, and I don't stick to as rigid as a schedule as I used to. Well, it's good to hear about, you know, balancing, you know, your life. And it's not just writing, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, God, you can lose track of everything so quickly with everything that is so immersive like that. So I do want to bring up the fact that uh, there is an audiobook for this. Yes, and, there is. And what's cool is there's three narr- there's three people and just like the three characters. Exactly. It was amazing to find brilliant voice actors who voiced those characters and brought them to life in just such a beautiful way. Did you find that um that they brought something a little that wasn't maybe in the original work? to the characters? I think that one of the things that they did really effectively was that they were able to help us as readers. You know, readers, we have to invent the story in our own minds. Um, They really matched the tenor of the voices that I had in my head. When I say that we had the best voice acting team, it was so spot on. So for me personally, it definitely, I don't feel like they... introduce a different interpretation of the characters, but it was so beautiful to see that 
what I was envisioning and, and hear, you know, these voices speaking and it matched so clearly with what I had intended. So I hope that for listeners of the audiobook, they were able to find just as much pleasure and enjoyment in discovering those characters in that way. To me, another thing that it did, especially because there are three different narrative voices, was kind of to immerse you a little bit deeper into the story. Because now I'm not actually just listening to a narrator tell me the story. I've got these three different perspectives from three clearly different people. And the story really comes to life in ways that I don't know that it could have in a different medium. So it was a pleasure to see that unfold. And I've been excited about how well received it has been by the audience um, of, audio, of, of the audio books. That has been su surprising for me. That's a great medium. And uh, it's it's just incredible. The reaction to hearing it for the first time, what was it like? It was strange. I will say that because, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Every creative I know, we all say the same thing. We create the thing, but we don't want to go back and <laughs> watch it or hear it. Um, previously, I've done screenwriting work, and I love to, to write the, the, the screenplay. I don't necessarily like to watch the movie. Or if I do, I'll watch it like once to see how it all came together. But um, I listen, I listened to about half of the audiobook. I'll be honest, confession here. And I did not finish it, but I did love everything that I heard. It was just so very interesting to uh, see it come come out that way. But I am that kind of artist. Like I get really, it feels so prickly to go back and look at or listen to or view something that I put out there. I'm much more interested in hearing what the other, uh, the rest of the audience uh, feels about it. Uh, which is actually a, a bonus because I'm not one of those people who doesn't like to read reviews. I actually like to, to read my reviews, even if it's a strong critique. I think that it's a handy way for me to discover how I can give something else that the audience wants in the future. Ebooks, that's it's changed everything as far yes. as publishing. How, do, how does that feel? When it comes down to it, I think that like you, I have kind of watched um, different industries evolve very rapidly. And it's a little bit jarring because yeah. it's not as if they were on that rapid evolutionary track previously. It's kind of like as the internet became more expansive, and I'm we're telling our ages here, <laughs> but as the internet became much more expansive, these industries just kind of uh, took off in all different new directions. And so one of the things that has been most enlightening for me is how we've revolutionized the delivery of stories and how we've revolutionized what the experience is like to engage with authors. And so I do understand that ebooks have kind of created a space where, you know, I mean, ebooks, book talk, everything requires adaptation is the best way to look at it. And sometimes adaptation can be incredibly uncomfortable. But I can see the benefits of these rapid changes as well, because certainly for a while, at least in my generation, most teachers had to kind of rail about make sure you're reading, read as much as you can. And then when I look at the younger generation, they seem to be um, enthusiastic about reading and they seem to be really engaged with the material because it is so accessible. I think Aku is also setting this in New Orleans, mm -hmm. New Orleans, as they say. Uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, I've enjoyed watching the Mayfair Witches, which shoots down there an mm -hmm. interview with a vampire and they really go to the different places of the city and the different and the culture of the city, which I'd love. And uh, but setting it there, I, it's boy, that's a perfect city for a story like this, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I chose to write Lead Me Astray is because the places where I've grown up, you know, I currently live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but I've been immersed in a world that is um, alive with magic. You know, our folk tales, our culture inherently is very, you know, Louisiana culture, let's say, is very mystical. And so that's why I feel like New Orleans is such a great place for this type of story. Obviously, we have great history. We've got Marie Laveau. We've got so many uh, classic ghost stories that have kind of, you know, remained in New Orleans for, for generations. So everyone understands, even if you've never been to New Orleans, that the vibe of New Orleans is going to be something a little bit witchy, something a little bit supernatural. And it felt perfectly normal, perfectly natural natural to put lead me astray within the city of new orleans but within a hidden dimension of it because there is an air to me in that area it resonates with so many hidden stories and so many things that you can feel but you can't quite you know tangibly touch so right. it was exciting to uh work on lead me astray but also like you mentioned a lot of the films that are shot down here uh as to the allure of the city and certainly it builds on that myth making uh process and definitely cements new orleans in the minds of, of people as the place to go when you want something that's a little bit quirky is this a standalone or is it just part of a longer story <laughs> well, for me, it's part of a longer, longer story. And that's one of the other things that I like about Wattpad is that uh, Lead Me Astray is in stores now. And then the sequels, Into the Wild Dark and Where the Numinous Awaits, are both available on the Wattpad platform to be read and enjoyed anytime readers want to dive into them. But interestingly enough, how I designed this storyline is that each of the books follow their own sets of characters. So if you're someone who you enjoy reading series and getting in involved in stories that continue to go and go, you might like to check out the other two books. But if you were incredibly satis satisfied with Ari Missing's Your Story, you can stop right there and you're not really missing out on anything. Uh, another aspect of the Overlay City series is that each of the three books take place at the same time or with some overlap. So we are seeing what is happening. The story expands out significantly as we dive into the perspectives of other people for example, in Into the Wild Dark, we get to see our main villain's actual um, goal and actual game plan, which in Lead Me Astray, we're left with some question as to why is this vampire doing the things that he's doing? So I do feel like for readers who like to dive deeper, check out Into the Wild Dark, check out Where the Numinous Awaits, both available on Wattpad. That's got to be challenging. You, there's got to be a whiteboard or something or cue cards or something or even just on your computer to keep track of all the different viewpoints so that the story, the longer story meshes together. Absolutely. I have to have notes on what happened, what day in which book. What was the weather like? What were they wearing? Where were they located? And certainly all three of the books have an element of mystery. We're figuring out, it's, you know, Lead Me Astray is a bit of a whodunit. What happened to Ari yeah. Edison and why did it happen? And so keeping track of what goes where definitely took a lot of note taking. But it was also really fun because initially in our conversation, I mentioned that I like to create flawed characters. And one of the things that I find, and I've also had feedback from readers who enjoyed it as well, is that in... 
book two, Into the Wild Dark, we get to see an aspect of Ziravani that is not revealed in book one. Um, and it makes that character, in my opinion, flesh out, fleshes that character out, makes that character much more, much more well-rounded. And also uh, the feedback that I've gotten is that it makes readers really deeply empathize with that character, even as we sort of recognize that he's not as great as maybe we thought he was. So I'm being really ambiguous there because I hope readers actually go check it out, see what the mystery is. But uh, one of the things that that did allow me to do, obviously I had to keep a lot of notes and I had to keep track of everything, but it did allow me to expand on the characters and the world in a way that I hadn't really seen done uh, in other stories. So I had a lot of fun with that. That's cool. Anything else uh, coming up? Um, I am always working. I like to say I'm always plotting. So uh, who knows? I, I, I will be announcing new things probably later on this year. But right now, I've been really enjoying the process of seeing my kiddos off to college and wow. working on some, some creative ideas off on my own. Yeah, it's certainly yeah. an exciting time frame for me. So no writer's block. No writer's block, actually. I very rarely suffer from writer's block because I, I don't know. I, my head's always swimming with ideas. I probably have too many ideas. <laughs> I think that's a good problem to have, actually. <laughs> right, right. You know, if, when you don't have those ideas, that's when it really gets hard. It's like, right? what am I going to do next? You know, that's wild. Well, that's great. It, it's, it sounds like a, a really fascinating story. Lead Me Astray. It, you know, of course, besides Waterpad, it's available on Amazon, and which is a monster, and you can get it. And, you know, I, I like the tactile experience of having a book in my hands. I do. Right. But mm -hmm. I also think it's great that people can carry all the books in your phone or your iPad. So that's neat, too, especially when you're traveling. You don't want to carry a lot of stuff. So that's I think so that's true. a good deal. Yeah, that's but, And also for readers who do like that tactile experience, uh, Lead Me Astray is available in bookstores such as Barnes & Noble, etc. So feel free to seek it out wherever fine books are sold. Hey, that's great. Well, congratulations. Uh, it, it sounds like a great story and wish you the best and uh, enjoy the rest of this new year we're all plodding through right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Uh, same here. Look for Lead Me Astray on Wattpad and Audible as an audiobook. Sci-Fi Talk Plus continues its special offer for you and your friends and family. There's over 900 episodes, commercial-free, uncut, and now with playlists you can customize. There's even exclusive videos and special programs. The best part, it's free. Click on the link in the show notes for free lifetime access. But this special offer will expire, so take advantage of it soon. And please, no anonymous subscriptions. This is Tony Tolato. Thanks for listening.